Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists, and we break down one of their records. We get into the music, the lyrics, how it was made, the the turmoil within the band, the artwork, everything. Uh, and we try to have a good time doing it. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Uh, while you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio, and um, yeah, that's all I got for the intro. So what are we doing today, Jeff? We're doing uh, Rumors by the Fleetwood Macs. By the Fleetwood Macs. Dang. So this is their 11th record, the second record with uh, the, the, the classic lineup of the band. Not the best lineup, but the classic lineup of the band. Um, so what's your, um, with Fleetwood Mac, I mean, this is a huge episode. We're in good season right now. Uh, what's your, um, <laughs> shit never gets why old. Why are you laughing? Because it just never gets old. Calling it good what, season. That it's good season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb so pretentious we, we should have a good season every year um we around should, this time but anyway we have a bad season aka canada season <laughs> canada season <laughs> what do we do before that we, we did new metal season right i thought was a was while it, ago was it new metal? We, no we didn't was like, it okay i don't know we've been doing seasons for a while anyway anyway oh and two um fleetwood mac uh what is your what's your origin story with the band on this one I don't I don't I don't have a specific origin story with this band because they're so big and this record kind of is like a greatest hits record. So mm-hmm. I will start I will start my I guess my origin story with my least favorite song that's Go Your Own Way. That is like the earliest what kind of like Oh, your origin story. Okay, yeah, that's that's kind of like my er- earliest thing with the band is that song because dude, Isuzu they kind of fucking ruined that song for me. I can't even. I can't that was even. in a commercial. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh my god! I've always loved commercials, so maybe I just I pay more attention yeah, to commercials yeah, in commercials. general. But oh my god, dude, Isuzu, like the whole go your own way, right? Pave your own path. They use this song relentlessly, and I just I don't remember that. I never knew it was like a Fleetwood Mac because I just never cared. And I never really got into Fleetwood Mac. So I would say like my true origin story with Fleetwood Mac is starting to collect the vinyls and then getting then play on on the vinyls and realizing, holy shit, this band is amazing without Buckingham and Nicks. <laughs> That's my origin story. Okay. Yeah, my, my origin story, I I don't remember the first time I heard Fleetwood Mac. I mean, the the big singles... I remember hearing as a kid, but I, I know there's no specific moment, you know, where I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. This is amazing. Um, I mean, the songs are great. Obviously they're iconic. My parents were never into Fleetwood Mac. So I don't have that, that kind of backstory or anything. No Columbia house like you, which I'm surprised you didn't bring up Columbia house, but, um, I never had, but yeah, I mean, my mom never liked Fleetwood Mac. She was, I don't know. She was a little bit more, Aggressive, like she liked Van Halen's Hagar era. She liked '90s rock, so she never really cared for Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I guess. I mean, my mom was kind of the same way. I mean, she, my mom loved Ted Nugent, Rush, 
um, you know, those kinds of bands back in the seventies, but until she got into pop country, which is just terrible. But, um, but yeah, I know. Yeah. She was never into this either. So yeah, that's my origin story. Um, let's give our first impressions though on, um, on, uh, rumors, rumors. Let's talk about the title. No, yeah. we'll talk about the title. I'm sure. Yeah. There's, there's Soon. a lot of, there's a lot of things to, to unpack here. Um, one is I listen to my copies of other things more than rumors. So I listen to then play mm-hmm. on. I have killing house. I have mystery to me. I now have Mr. Wonderful. I do throw those on pretty consistently, at least like once a month. I'll listen to some type of Fleetwood Mac, but I don't listen to rumors that often because it's just like, ah, I don't want to listen to that. That's like not the area of Fleetwood Mac that I like. But dude, you turn it on, and I again, it's like a greatest hits album. Every fucking song here, <laughs> I know, pretty goddamn good. <laughs> like, even even the songs that that are like you know okay songs for me on this one are like, damn, dude, I I know this song. Like, this is this song was, it is a greatest hits album. It really <laughs> it's is. like a greatest fucking hits album, and through yeah. and through, it's it's a really really fun listen. And you can't you can't hate this album. Like, there's no fucking way. This album is so no, good. It's impossible. It's like I don't know. My first impressions are just I always forget how great this album really is because it is it is a little man. It's a weird thing to even say, but it is a little safe. Like, it's not really what I kind of go into oh, for sure. But it is a little safe. But like, damn, bro, if you putting out like safe albums that sound like this, like <laughs> that's something to be said. Yeah, but I mean before and after this during the the classic era of the band they were just putting out safe mediocre to bad music this is it this is the only buckingham nicks era album that is worth listening to i I agree i 100 percent agree even even like i think like objectively this record is is pretty vanilla it's pretty milk toast but dude that the song's there's always like there, there there's always that one hook that's like damn dude this this truly is a great song just the hook it's the hooks it's not even the music that the music isn't that great it's the fucking hooks it's the the harmonies the yeah. all that kind of shit that's what makes this record otherwise the music Lindsey Buckingham tech, like from a technical standpoint he's a great guitar player so good absolutely great guitar player but i don't think he's a very good songwriter like as as a guitarist I think his his vocal he he has a very high vocal range too. Like he seems very very high. Sometimes yeah, it's hard you, to kind yeah, of tell. You think like, it's fucking Stevie is this, is, Yeah, I know it's really really bizarre, but um, but no, this is the, it, this is a really good record, uh, and that's my first impression too. But then after listening to their whole discography, all seventeen records, it kind of made me like this record a little bit less, because I'm like you. I mean, I don't want to say like you couldn't do better, but it's just they just dropped off so much after this record. Like it's, it's just like, I've never seen such a drop off from any band. Like you made this amazing fucking record and then you put out Tusk, you put out fucking Tusk and you put out Mirage. I don't, I don't Come blame on, them. Guys. I don't blame them for Tusk. I blame them for Mirage, but I don't blame them for Tusk. Like there's dude, the pressure is just immense, immense for Tusk. So I don't, I don't blame them for doing that. Mirage is a fucking joke. You guys fucked up there. Tusk. I get it. I get it. I'll give you a pass on that one, <laughs> but that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. You can't it, follow it, rumors. See, like, you don't like, follow like rumors. Like Tusk, yeah, Tusk, Tusk had the had the potential. It had, he could have done something completely quirky and weird. Lindsey Buckingham, I'm, I'm speaking of. He could have done something totally fucking weird. Like, like the, the, the skeleton was there to do something like that. 
but he didn't follow through with it. He just, in the end, he decided, let's make more milk toast, and that's what you got in Tusk. Yeah. No, that like, is, it's that's fucking, true. It's, and also, like, dude, I'm going to talk a lot of shit about this band, especially this era. Um, more specifically, just this era. I think, this, yeah, this is the classic most popular era, but this is also the worst, or not the worst era. The worst era was in 95 when they made that one record well, without Nicks or Buckingham. That, I mean, that's still essentially but, like this fucking band. Like, that was just one record yeah. that missed those two artists. And those songwriters but, aren't even that great. No. And honestly, I, this is this is the weakest era of the band. Yeah, this is one of their greatest records, but the era as a whole is their worst era, for sure. The Welch era was amazing. The Peter Green era is on another fucking level. Great. But, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just... That's, that's I just, fine. I think, I, I think I Rumors... I just... I think Rumors is definitely definitely an overrated record. Yes, it's sold like it's one of the best-selling records of all time. I think it's like number 11 in the best-selling records of all time. Sold like over 40 million copies worldwide or some shit like that. I get it, it's super popular, but it's fucking overrated. It's a vanilla they're a vanilla band at this time and I can see why this record sold so well because it it is really good, but it also appeals to like I don't want to say normies. It sounds so gatekeepy. But who cares? Really like those fucking guys trying to get can, in, dude. Get them. <laughs> like seriously, dude. It, I mean, this music is meant for everybody. This is adult Which, contemporary. I'm telling you, this is yeah, the start is, of adult yeah. contemporary. We just mask yeah. it as like beautiful songwriting and deep lyrics, and really, the lyrics aren't that deep. The this lyrics is, aren't deep. No, they're not. This is about one fucking thing. Everyone's just like fucking each other and getting mad over it. Like they're, they're not deep lyrics. They're they're not at all superficial. They're meaningful. They're thoughtful and they're great. But there's no there's no like hidden fucking meaning here. Like we know what these songs are about. No. That's silly boy talk. This record is adult contemporary. It just happens to be like the best of that subgenre. <laughs> it's true, yeah. And talk about a band that was just like dude, the 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 drama of this band was is unreal. I've never no oh, I mean I don't say no band was this dramatic you know, in their personal lives. But dude, several members were married at a point. At some point they cheated on each affairs, other within the band. Like that guy did him dude, and she did her and then she did him. It's, what it's, the fuck? it's like a modern day reality show. It's fucking stupid. It's, it's like so stupid. I mean, I understand they, they were like in their mid, it's just crazy. They were like in their mid to late twenties when they made this fucking record, which still blows my mind. But, um, but still like, yeah, they were young, but it's like, you're grown ass adults. You've, you've done all this crazy shit. You're wildly successful. Like even before rumors, they were a huge fucking band, especially once the, the, the first, uh, Nick's Buckingham record came out, the self-titled record right before this, like that record really blew them up too. They were already very popular, but that record blew them up. And then rumors just took them to another level. So it's like, dude, you've had this success. It's like, why are you still acting like this? Like, why are you doing this? I don't know, man. It's just on a it's, personal level, I think they're they're just wildly they were wildly immature. They were fucking huge fucking drug addicts, like cocaine, alcohol. Like they were just out of their fucking minds on drugs. Dude, Nick's song record. is about like cocaine. Like, it's like the the deeper yeah. meaning to her song. No, it's cocaine. She's fucked up on cocaine. <laughs> and we're just like off- I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's just like stupidity or her being really naive. But I read something today where. She said, yeah, in like in 1972, we were all told that cocaine wasn't bad for you, this and that. It's like, dude, come on. I under- 
I understand you were young, but are you that fucking stupid? Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, <laughs> come on, get out of anything here. Anything that alters your body in any kind of significant way, like even alcohol, right? Like you, like a child can drink alcohol. I'm like, wow, this is probably not good for me. Like that's just silly boy talk. You're just being crazy. But yeah. what I think, what I think is going on here, like in music in general. I mean, we're just, we're getting on the macro level of this of this pod here. I like it, um, but like music from the '70s, right? We're going from like the the '60s era into the '70s. We're getting a little bit more nuanced in kind of the production dark side of the moon right 73 let's let's take that as like the the, yeah. the mainstay and so then everything after dark side we're let's let's get into more you know craft works coming out with shit in like the late 70s and so things are kind of like transitioning into electronic a little bit more production heavy songs we're getting away from like the really aggressive hard rock of the 70s that we know for sure like the hard blues psych stuff of the 60s and so that's why this record is so unique and accessible is because it still captures that aesthetic from the 60s, the 70s, but it still kind of like mm-hmm. allows for more to be had afterwards because it's so, yeah, ed- so. All, like like a lot of these songs are empty. There's a lot of dead air, a lot of dead space. In the, the more I talk about it, the more I don't like this record until I listen to it. I know. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> the more I talk about, the more I don't like it. There's a lot of dead air in this record, a lot of dead space that's not filled yeah. the way I would I would want this record to be filled. It's very it's very amateur. Like there's a lot of things here that you could polish up and make a little bit better. Um, so I think that's why that's why this record really resonated with people coming out of like the '60s and '70s. The Woodstock era is now ten years in the making, almost ten years at this point. But also, it's like. It, it's when you think about it too, like it was their image because when you look at Stevie Nicks and I didn't know this until I was reading more about her. I mean, I didn't go take a huge deep dive into her like personal history, but like her whole persona with Fleetwood Mac and then after her solo, like with all of her solo stuff, all of that's fake. Yeah. Like, the, like all the shit she wore like that, that kind of like witchy kind of persona that she's always portrayed. That's all fake. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, okay, like she was like, kind of like into that whole like Wiccan like I always kind of thought of her as that no because that's how she always came off as but it's like it was all it was all fake she she like hired a designer or some shit like that part of the image come up with her look I just it made me it made me like her less for sure I don't know how she's gotten away with like using the throwing around the word gypsy for as long as she fucking does either because I know right like that whole fucking white girl from a white girl from Arizona. I don't you know? fucking just get like, it. Come on, like, why, dude. like why does she? Why does she get a pass? You know what I mean? Like, why is she getting a pass? Here? Yeah. But yeah, dude, the seventies are a weird time, dude. Like seventies, we're, we're transitioning to like hair metal, right? Van Halen dropped an album in what 77, 78? 78. 70, yeah, seventy eight. So this album is just like a like a timestamp. It's just it's just this transition, transition, transitory, transitory thing from kind of like the old guard to what's going to be like faster, younger, aggressive, cocaine fueled. And I think that's what the band yeah. was kind of going for, but they still wanted that that folky, adult contemporary, early seventies aesthetic, <laughs> and that's why it's popular because oh, everybody that. can get back I just, into it. Oh, that genre, that genre, adult contemporary, it just sounds so. It is. It's like, fucking garbage. Like, but like I said on it. the rankings episode, like I said on the rankings episode, like you can't explain what it is, but when you hear it, you know this is adult contemporary. What was it's that? Weird. It's weird. Like fucking fucking, weird. Genre. What was that senator talking about porn? He's like, I don't, I can't, I can't put it into what? words. But when I see it, I know what it is. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't, I don't. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. But anyway, Owen too. Um, 
Oh, yeah, rumors. I, I, I Fleetwood just, Mac. I just, I just googled it real fast. I just googled it. Yeah, it was it was a, a justice talking about obscenity, in like the what was this the fucking sixties vicinity of obscenity. The vicinity of obscenity in your eyes. I don't I don't I don't know how to explain it, but I know it when I see it. And that was like that was like citing for obscenity in that era, and how to how to censor people. Oh, like okay. a case by case God, basis, and that I mean, it makes sense in a certain way. But whatever, we're not. It's neither here nor there, <laughs> or anywhere. What's your? All right, so let's. Uh, one the way, but, but okay. Before we get into stinkers, I do have one stinker, and you I have a stinker. Okay oh fuck yeah, I do. What? Um, which we'll get into in, in a second. I I want <laughs> to I want to build this. I want to you know keep you on the edge of your seat. Holy shnikes! Um, so the the album title rumors. So it's spelled dumb. <laughs> um, it's spelled <laughs> it's spelled R-U-M-O-U-R-S no, you're right it's and that's same. stupid it's spelled dumb it's spelled dumb it's spelled dumb Correct. it's spelled dumb that's dumb it's that's so dumb, dumb. It's, it's dumb, dumb. Um, I mean it's there, it's 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 British I think right that's how the, the Britlanders spell it yeah dumb um, and they they get a lot of things wrong um, they say some dumb things skip would attest to that I know friend of the pod skip but anyway but this um, is I just not, want to talk about how stupid This that is not is. a Fleetwood Mac album. I'm going to, to the day I die, this is a Buckingham and Knicks featuring Agreed. Fleetwood Mac. And Buckingham and Knicks are not from England. They're from, like, what? I think I think Lindsay Buckingham's from, like, fucking, like, Southern California. And Stevie Nicks, she's from, and, like, well, Phoenix and I, shit. Yeah, she's from, she, she was from Arizona. I think he's from uh, up north, like, San Mateo or something. Just San Mateo yeah, County some, or something. Who even cares? They're not regardless California. Like why yeah. spell it like that? Like you are you trying to like are you trying to be cool? And then you just copying the fucking the cover art from the previous album. Like are you kidding me? I know. Are you joking it's my so, ass right now? <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's it, it's so fucking dumb. It's so uninspired. So uninspired. Um but uh yeah, let's uh before we kind of dive into like more of the the innards of the record and how it was made and some of the behind the scenes stuff, but let's uh let's jump into, you know, I said I had a stinker. You clearly don't have any stinkers. I have so. one okay song. And everything else is a banger. That's stupid if you think like there are stinkers here. So <laughs> here we go. So I got I I have a stinker and I have three okay songs and then I have seven bangers. The stinkers wrong. So, so so the stinker is Oh Daddy. Come on, dude. Okay. This song's embarrassing. It's straight up embarrassing. That's my ten B. That's my ten B. Yeah, it's fucking. What's wrong with this one? Especially when especially when you put the lyrics into it, it just it makes it even worse. Um, you know, it's just, it's the vocals, the vocals sound desperate, especially when you read it with the lyrics. I like the flute part of it. Um, some cool little Western sounding bass lines here. The, the guitar is super fucking boring. Just overall, the song is just vanilla. It's, it's, it's forgettable at best. I just don't, there's no reason to have this song on the record. I don't, I'm not a fan of Christine. I don't, Christine I McC- don't, McCain. I honestly don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, not. I she think, does everything. I think she's such a boring singer. I think her ballads, I mean, not on this album because there's only like one kind of ballad, that songbird. Um, so but the, like some, like songs on the other records, the ballad songs, like, dude, they're fucking so boring. I think her voice is just so generic. She's not a a bad singer. No, she's, she's objectively just so generic. a good singer. She she's has just more range so than anybody boring. in Fleetwood Mac history. Yeah, but she, but it doesn't make for just because she has range, it doesn't make for a good song. It, it does matter. make for a good song. She I can don't do think anything. I don't, she's a good piano player. I'm not a big fan of the piano. Like that's always been my thing. I don't really care for especially piano driven songs. I don't like that. It's not my. 
it's not my thing. Um, but that's a lot of her songs, like a lot of songs that she writes and sings on. And unfortunately, on most Fleetwood Mac records that she's on, she has like three songs, three, maybe four songs on the record. Oh, not which enough. sucks. Not enough. They're just the weakest fucking, they're, they are by far the weakest songs. On Dude, the she's an incredible singer. She's an incredible piano player. She's an incredible songwriter. And again, as we talked about in the rankings, because she's like a classically trained musician, she knows how to, how to build a song to make it interesting. I think you're getting hung up on like, on like a certain aspect of her singing to where like, yes, I, you know, she doesn't have like the vibrato that Stevie Nicks has. She's not like angelic like Stevie Nicks does. She doesn't have the, the cool like high pitched vocal thing that Buckingham can somehow get away with. But she's overall just like a fucking good jack of all <clears throat> trades, but a great jack of all trades. I, I love the way she sings. I think Jack she sings. Of all with, trades is a good way of putting. I it. think she sings with like from her diaphragm. Like she sings with that gut, like Aretha Franklin style, just fucking belts it out. Like she's like she's singing in a choir rather than like like Stevie Nicks. I think like you, you have to like turn the mic up real loud and put your mouth really really close to get like that <laughs> like that Billie kind of Eilish. high pitch. <laughs> Fuck man, I hate that shit. Yeah. I think I think Christine yeah. McVie is a singer. I think she's a singer. I think she can sing with or without the mic. Whereas everybody else in this band, even like Peter Green, not a great singer, but great for what they were doing at the time. Everybody else in this exactly. band, which is kind of fine. Like Christy McVie, she's a singer, dude. She is a singer. Dude. She's a good singer. No, she is objectively a good singer, but she's good as like a, not a, not just, not really a backup, but she's good at doing a lot of like the fill-ins, like the, the harmonizing, you know, building like uh, some kind of like soundscape in some of these songs. That's what I that's what I like about her. But the more songs that are driven by her, I don't like. I don't think she's an exceptional songwriter. I don't think she has anything unique about her voice, so it doesn't stand out. Like, yes, I understand. Stevie Nicks isn't the greatest singer, but her she has a unique unique voice. Her songs in general are a little bit more like this have this like esoteric feel to it, which gives it a, just its own unique Empty. thing. And that's what Christine doesn't have. Like her songs are like straightforward kind of like at moments like disco kind of shit on some of the songs like there's like this disco funk record or song on this record and i and it's just like it doesn't fit the overall record at all um like at least songbird like i don't really care for that song Fuck but that song yeah, fits on song. on overall on the song it's on the record b, baby that that's my 2b <laughs> no it's not i swear to you that's my 2b oh my i God. fucking love that song <laughs> That's okay. my favorite that's my, that's vocal one of my performance okay of the song on the album. I mean. That's one of my okay songs. Oh, but but okay. So 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 let's finish up "Oh Daddy" and then we'll get into "Songbird." Sound okay. good? "Oh Daddy's fine." Let's, like, get, I, I get let's get this Christine shit out of here. Yeah. Okay. Well, right, that's fine. Okay. All right. So <laughs> just moving on. Around. Moving on. Okay. So "Songbird." Yeah. What, so that's your. I can't believe that's your two B. Yeah. This is my. This is my favorite vocal performance on this album. This is the clear division between the classically trained piano player who has a great voice and just somebody like Stevie Nicks who just has a good voice but doesn't really know how to fully utilize it herself. And mm-hmm. like the Buckingham Nicks like solo album, like the whatever album that was, Buckingham Nicks, like you could really hear it, dude. Like the songwriting is lackluster in that motherfucking thing. I told you like three times to fucking listen to it. I know. I didn't do, do it. it. It would have come into play here because you would have really been like, holy shit, dude, Stevie Nicks, Stevie Nicks kind of sucks without like other good songwriters around her. And same with like Lindsey Buckingham. Like Lindsey Buckingham is a phenomenal guitarist, but these guys need good songwriters around them. 
And that's where I think yes. like the rhythm section and Christine comes into play. They, and especially Christine, dude, because she just knows how to get the best performance. Maybe she's like the, the, the Rick Ross or the, the, yeah, the Rick Ross of this group. The, she get everybody the in. The Rick Ross. Yeah, the Rick Ross. <laughs> <laughs> the Jerry Finn. The, the Jerry, Jerry Finn. Let's just say that. Maybe she knows how to like get the best performances out of everybody here. I don't know. Because damn. I mean, I, 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 I would, I would believe that. I, I could believe that, that she, was able to get the performances because when you read like deeper into how they were writing these records, Christine was huge. Even on the songs that she wasn't writing on specifically, like she had a lot of lot to do with the harmonies and and helping Lindsay, you know, figure out certain certain segues and things like that. Like I think behind the scenes she was a lot more involved. Um and I think that's where where she shines. Just not as a I just think like her her solely penned songs are not that great um or they're just they're just generic let's just say they're generic because i think she's too she's too technically too technically good that may, i guess that's the right i, I like i like that you're you're trying hard not to irritate me but it's already happened and that's <laughs> that's where we're at now i just so. don't think her songs are, are they're just, her songs you're, aren't you're strong fucking out of your they're God not strong damn mind like they are incredibly strong. strong maybe they're so strong you just don't even fucking know it dude like I could, I can listen to this shit on repeat constantly. The, the, it's just, it, this is an amazing song. She can play the piano like anybody can, and she does it better. She knows how to utilize like the, the, the like the lower end chords on the left hand mm-hmm. and kind of like the higher lead parts on her right hand. But she knows how to do it to match her voice well. Like she just, God, she's just such a phenomenal musician. She's class. She's like. She's classically trained almost. She's a musician. Like this is a she fucking is. musician yes. that like tries really hard to craft a song. And I think just Stevie Nicks. Now we're gonna get like into like the 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 more you know subjective thing here. I think Stevie Nicks at this point is just kind of relying on like that momentum of the Buckingham Nicks thing, relying kind of on 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 the performance of Fleetwood Mac, just gaining more traction from their first album, and then just being like her and Buckingham, dude. They're both like beautiful people. They're just both good-looking people, yeah, and I think no, they're you're, riding you're on right. that factor. And I think, I think, I think Buckingham, phenomenal guitarist. I think Stevie Nicks is the most generic thing that about this band, uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Damn, sure. I totally lost my train of thought. I too. dude, I love Christine McVie so goddamn much. I've loved her since <sighs> Killing House. I think she was on Mr. Oh, Wonderful I, too. I, I just. Ugh. Was she on that? I think I know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think she's uncredited on Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, I think you're right. Because um, I think that's that's right when they got married, right? Yeah, her and John. Yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say is, man, I I never. I mean, I never really took a deep dive into Fleetwood Mac, but damn, when Lindsey Buckingham came into the picture, the guy is an absolute control control freak. Dude, he like joined in, in every How did he fucking join, right? aspect. Yeah, well, I mean, so so Mick Fleetwood, he they went. He was at Sound Stu- Sound City Studios, uh, which it doesn't exist anymore. It was, I think, that was in Culver City or Burbank or something. Iconic. Um, he went there, and and Buckingham, uh, Lindsay, and 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 Stevie Nicks were there recording whatever they were doing for their shit. And Mick happened to like hear them and started talking to them, invited them into the band essentially, and then that's where we're at. Well, so he invited Lindsey Buckingham into the band and Buckingham That's true. Said, no, you're right. You're right. You can have me. I'm not doing this without Stevie Nicks. Via my fucking girlfriend too. Like, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's already like one foot like out the door there. That's already like a, a recipe for <laughs> disaster. It's already a red fucking flag right there for sure. But then, yeah. And then you read more about it and it's like, dude, Lindsey would just, 
he would make decisions and then if somebody like questioned it, he's like, no, we're not doing, we're not doing that. Or like people would give him ideas and he would change everything. everything. He would change literally everything. And he Billy Corgan fucking baselines in this, dude. He what? He Billy Corgan baselines in this. He went back no, after they right, were he done did, and yeah. he fucking overdubbed he him himself. It, yeah. Well, and then there's, there's, was it fucking this record? I don't remember, but anyway, yeah, there, there's one, there's, I know it is on this record. Yeah. Um, it was a song that, it wasn't a song that made, made the, the album, and it was a, it was a song that Stevie Nicks wrote before the band, and he said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna record the whole song without you, Stevie Nicks, even though you wrote it, and then I'm gonna show it to you." And that's exactly what he did. And she was pissed about it. She's like, "This is my song, and you recorded the whole song without me. What the fuck is wrong with like?" She was fucking <laughs> pissed about it. It's like, dude, this is how much this is how much of a fucking control freak he is. And it seems like when he doesn't get his way, he fucking he has a tantrum. And he fucking explodes and he leaves the band. And, you know, after the tango in the night, reading more into like the end of the end of the band, essentially after the tango in the night, they had a band meeting and Buckingham fucking blew up and like fucking hit Stevie Nicks, like beat her up and then fucking stormed out and quit the band. It's like, dude, the guy is unhinged. Yeah. He's fucking unhinged. Yeah. And he's a fucking total control freak. Like I, I, I was kind of always like indifferent just cause I didn't know much about the guy prior to this, this couple weeks, but yeah, now reading about him, I just, I dis I really dislike Lindsey Buckingham. Hey, he's fucking yes, he's an incredible guitar player, incredible guitar player. But outside of that, his songwriting, it's really good on this record. Outside of this record, it's fucking pretty much trash. So yeah, I don't know. I don't like that. That was a good rant. I like that. I one. That like was good. That was solid. But, but but I mean you agree right? He's kind of like a piece of shit. He really yeah, he's the shit. fucking worst. He fucking this... beat up Stevie Nicks like, and the way he like, and and then like reading about the lyrics too, like he would write songs. Um, I think it was "Go Your Own Way." He wrote that song about Stevie Nicks and, and like, held, like didn't show anybody the lyrics. Yeah, because yeah, dude, he was he did some like fucking pretty fucked up shit to her, and she just kind of like accepted it. Like like she's a young naive girl. Like she's like I think. No, actually, I think she's she's older than Lindsay, but still, like, I feel like he he took advantage of her a lot, a lot. I think and, I mean I don't want to get into like the nuance of like who slept with who, but I think like there was a lot of cheating going on with everybody in the band, including Stevie. Nicks. Oh, totally. So well, Stevie Nicks fucking like she's she a was grown fucking ass woman, Mick dude. Fleetwood. Yeah, a grown ass woman. She was fucking Mick Fleetwood yeah. when he was married to like a mo- she was like he was married to some model and he had two kids he had a whole fucking family i mean not to excuse his, i mean it's really bad behavior on his end right yeah, not just absolutely. stevie nicks i mean they're equally to blame but it's just like but children be children on, dude children can act like children <laughs> i mean but also stevie nicks i mean come on she was beautiful come on she was fucking beautiful come on <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like, dude, even she today, really like, honestly, yeah, even no, old ass Stevie Nicks is like, damn, dude, you're still pretty good looking, dude. Yeah, no, you're right. For like yeah, a hundred year old, how the fuck old she is? <laughs> she is. She's just like objectively beautiful, like yeah. hands down. And like you said, like Lindsey Buckingham, good looking dude as well. Yeah, like, really good looking guy. Yep. Um, Mick Fleetwood, eh, not so much. Look yeah. at the Mr. Wonderful cover. Yeah. But he's on the cover of Rumors, though. That's true. Yeah. God, Dude, I didn't realize how tall he was. He's he's six six. Yeah, he's huge. And Stevie Nicks is five one. <laughs> That's fucking. I didn't realize she was that short. But I guess like one of her things too is like she wears like six inch, uh, like platform boots just to just to be taller on stage. I had no idea. Well, it's all part but, of her uh, her her game, her her aesthetic, her her shtick. Yeah, her 
her deceit. Um, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Songbird. No, Do you have fine. anything else on Songbird? Uh, I mean, I, I could go all day. But we didn't talk about the lyrics. The lyrics are pretty good, but that's I fine. mean, lyrics, I, I mean, it's just about her being deeply in love. But really, it's so good, it dude. It's about her being like a hopeless romantic. It's her. She's it using is, yeah. anthropomorphism. I had to look that one up. It's putting, it's putting like 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 human attributes into non-human things, not like personification, because like she's doing it mm-hmm. to like bird form. So she's talking about the like the songbirds here, right? And songbirds generally reserved for people that are like great singers. And Barbara Streisand has an album called Songbird and things like that. But like the songbirds, there's two choruses. In the first chorus, the songbirds are are singing because they're in love, even though they know the outcome of what's going to happen, and they're still singing because like. The journey is is what I'm about. Even though I know the destination is gonna suck, that's whatever. But then the second chorus, mm-hmm. she says the songbirds keep singing, like they keep singing. Not that they are singing, they keep singing. Meaning, like she knows that she's gonna get burned again by the same fucking relationship, but because she's a hopeless romantic, she does it anyway. And that's just such a human fallacy, dude. That's just so vulnerable. Is, that's yeah. so fucking childish and silly. God, I love this song. If it wasn't for the chain, oh, spoilers, this would be on 1B. Easy fucking money, 1B. <laughs> the chain is good, though. God damn, um, this is a good song. The chain is not your 1B? No, it's not my You're, 1B. We're um, done. That's it. <laughs> we're done. Let's get into the chain, then. The, the what, is your, no, what is your fucking 1B, dude? Dreams. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, man. I can't even formulate thoughts. I'm so fucking irritated. Why? Your stupidity. Come on, dude. Oh, you I admit, this is just here. the song. The song is just it's it's so iconic. That chorus. How can you not love this song? It's how can this song. not be your one B? How the fuck like, is the a, chain like, not your one B, dude? I do. I do really like the chain. I really, really do. But the, the, we're talking what? about dreams right now. What? Okay, dreams is my four B. Dreams is my four B. <laughs> okay. As the kids say, this song is a vibe, right? That's 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 yeah, the, the well, fucking yeah, yeah. best way I can describe this. This song is a vibe. Right. Simple beat, simple soundscapes. This is like the type of tune that Stevie Nicks does extremely well. This is it. Mm-hmm. It's simple, it's straightforward, but she adds that like angelic thing. And that's what she can that's like the only thing I give her credit for to where she can do better than pretty much any like female vocalist at this time. Like that's what she excels at, and there's a lot. There's there, there's not a lot of nuance to the song, rather like a lot of layers. No, that but just you don't need stay it. Stay in the groove. You don't. No, like, and it, exactly. It has like an, an ethereal feel too. Like, like the, the the guitars and the soundscape. Like there's a very ethereal thing. But then John's laying down this like fucking awesome bass line too. Love like, his bass playing. It's yeah. subtle. It's but it's fucking awesome. You hear him with um, those staccato notes every once in a while. Like he's still yeah. kind of playing in the groove. But oh, dude, it's so good. No, it's really really good. And then there's like a. I mean, I think it's a slide guitar. I can't really tell if it's just like a guitar with some like a bunch of effects on it. But just like that adds to the ethereal nature of the song or sound of the song. I just I think it's so good. And I think. Yeah, her her vocals are sometimes chipmunky and and all that, but I mean that's Stevie Nicks. Not like, here. But but I mean she still has that she has that iconic way of singing and and I and I like it. I dig it. Like I we, we talked about it. She is not the greatest singer, but she has a, a sound, a style, and that's what this song is. Like this is arguably her most famous song, 
And then even like a couple years ago, like this song blew up again on TikTok. There's that huge TikTok trend because that one guy riding the longboard and drinking yeah. the, the fucking, fucking Mexican dude on the fucking longboard. Yeah, man. <laughs> so good. Remember that shit? And it yeah. fucking blew up. And then and then even even Mick Fleet even Mick Fleetwood made one of those, but he was riding it like on the back of a pickup truck. But he did the same shit. Like that, it was just like that meme it was a that, cool that, viral that whole trend. like shtick thing that, that caused this record to like have more in sales. Like people went back and mm-hmm. listened to this record again and listened to Fleetwood Mac again. Yeah. And that was incredible. I, I actually actually went back and listened to this record with I did too. When that viral trend happened. <laughs> and I again back then it was like like, damn, this is like a fucking greatest hits record. Holy shit. Every yeah, song on it, it really, really is. And mind you, we we did this record on the podcast years ago. Like this is probably a true, in twenty seventeen. Fucking record. Yeah, true forgotten episode. And dude, I don't. I mean, I remember doing that episode, but I don't remember. I don't remember anything about the episode. Yeah, and we either. for sure, we sure as shit didn't listen to all of their records because at that time we weren't doing that. But um, but yeah, we did do rumors once. But anyway, yeah, this is uh, Dreams, Dreams is, is just an absolute killer, killer fucking song. I will, I will, I, I mean, will see to the fact that like that like Stevie Nicks does one thing, but that mm-hmm. one thing she does, like she fucking nails it. Christine yeah. oh, McVie yeah. does a lot of things, but none of it is like like perfect. No, so I, I will, I will, not, I will see that. Like, like, do you want to do one thing better than anybody? Or do you want to do like a lot of things better than most? That's the type of the vibe that I get from both of the singers. I would agree with you on that. Also, the, with this song, she it was kind of written on the spot by Stevie Nicks, um, and they ended up using the first vocal take. They they did it once, kind of with the whole band, um, and or what they did it with the whole band, and then they tried to redo her vocals over like over many many takes, and none of them sounded quite spot on. So they used the first take and I didn't, I've never picked up on it. I've tried listening to it, but I didn't really hear it. But apparently according to the producer engineer, I forgot his name right now, but he was saying like, there's certain parts where you can hear mixed snare through her mic. Like, there are moments where he, they weren't able to clean up the, the edit well enough to where it cut out all of the other instruments, but they, they just felt like the first take was the best one out of all of them. So I thought, I thought that was pretty neat. I will when say comes, when it comes to the making of this record, there's a lot of uh, romanticizing over the recording process of this. Oh yeah, like you know, oh, like, yeah. like people like Christine writing that song and like forgetting what it was because it was so late at night or the fuck all this shit is. Nah, dude, these guys are just so fucked up out of their minds. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the producers just <laughs> like frantically trying to record shit and piece together this thing little by yeah. little. Like, no, there's no exactly. dude. This is a mess. And, and, and and so reading more about like the making of this record too, they were it, they would talk about how because they they didn't live at the studio but they lived like right across the street like uh, Christine and and Stevie Nicks shared like at a condo and then the guys shared a condo as well, and so they would go over to the studio but they would go over to the studio like six or seven o'clock at night or in the evening, eat eat dinner and then get super fucked up get like really really fucked up and then start recording at like 2 a.m when they were all obliterated and and then they were the the producer was saying like yeah nothing got done like they would try to record completely fucking wasted and then and then reading more into the into the making of the record they they ran through they re-recorded over so much of the tape that the master tapes were like ruined because they had recorded over the same tape so many goddamn times. So they had to hire like some like 
master like tape restore restoration guy or some shit like that to restore the tape. But even then it wasn't quite what it should have been because they had to re-record this stuff over and over again rather than use new tape because that shit's fucking expensive. Yeah. They they still racked up like a million dollars recording this record. (laughs) And that's a lot of fucking money in 1977. That's a lot of fucking money. 1977, a million dollars to record a record. That's fucking insanity. And this is a band that's like, like tumultuous, right? They've gone through so many lineup changes. Yeah. Their previous album was a success, but not like a million dollar recording studio sesh. It's not like, it's not like a Zeppelin record, you know, a Zeppelin or a Sabbath record or some shit like that. Or Pink Floyd, like not even close, not even close. And it's just, I, I think, I think, I think the recording process here has been romanticized, but really, I think it was a fucking nightmare. Oh yeah. And this band yeah, had better paid their producer yeah. well because there's no way that this would have been made without those other two guys. Well, I dude, I, I was kind of thinking about it too. I was thinking in my mind earlier, so I listened to that to that. Conan O'Brien podcast a couple weeks ago where Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic, and and um, Steve Albini were on it, and Albini was talking about like how a lot of the contracts worked at least in the early '90s to where the producer would get royalties um, off of the record, but he made it a point like I don't want get royal get royal I yeah, I, I refuse to get royalties in my contract a flat fee this is what I'm doing why would I get royalties that's fucked up this screws the band over I'd rather the band make the money rather than myself. So this is a 19, that was in 1993 when fucking In Utero was made. And thinking about like in the 70s, dude, the producer probably made out so fucking well. One of the best-selling records of all time, the royalties on that shit. Hell yeah. I can't even imagine how much. He probably He's probably made more money than most of the band did, honestly. <laughs> he Honestly, like, he really, probably I mean, fucking really. should because he's probably the one like, guys, dude, we got to reel it in. Put down the fucking yeah. cocaine. Let's reel it in. Because they're children. These people are fucking, even though they're grown-ass adults, they're children. They're fucking each they're other. St- they're, they're doing acting a like bunch children, of blow. Yeah. They're being whiny babies. Supposedly, like, they're mm-hmm. going off into other, you know, studios and writing songs that they, they you know, like, no, dude, no, 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 no. This is a fucking mess. They are lucky this even made it to the fucking store shelves. <laughs> this is a mess. This is a fucking disaster. This is a disaster of an album that somehow pulled it together at the last minute. Like, like w- when you hear of other bands, like the excess, the partying and everything when making a record, it, it in the end, it still seems like, yeah, they were all fucked up, but they got it done. They were having a blast doing it, but there wasn't a lot of like, sh- like, I don't want to say shit talking, but like not a lot of like stabbing of people's backs. Like they never really seemed to hate each other, but this band, they fuck, they all hated each other. Yeah. They all fucking hated each other at some point. So it's like it's not like a Motley Crue record in the early eighties or Van Halen or whatever it may be. Like, yeah, they were all, or corn. Like you hear about the corn, early corn records. Like that shit was insane. We've talked about that on the podcast, but they got the shit done. Like they needed, they got what they needed to get done and they did it without stabbing each other in the back. But Fleetwood Mac, dude, just, just what a nightmare. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare of a band. I, I just, I mean, reading more about the, the Buckingham Knicks era, just, just, I've lost more and more respect for them throughout the last couple of weeks, just reading about just how immature they were and just how mediocre to bad their music was. It's just, it's, it's, I can't believe how popular they are. It's stupid. They got away with dumb. one, dude. They got away with one. Like, like you're watching baseball and like the pitchers throwing stuff and then maybe like the, the umpire calls a bad call. Like this is their bad call. They just got fucking lucky with this. 
They got yeah, away with one here. Really, really did. They got away with one here. Because everything after this is not even it's not even the not same even fucking close. game they're playing no. here. Everything after this is yeah. garbage. The only thing the clo- that the closest thing they ever did to sounding like this is an album before this, which again is like the B sides to this. Yeah, it's not even that good. Not even that good. They are lucky this came out, man. They are so lucky. You're right. You're right. All right, so let's um God, dude, it's crazy when you think about it too. Like this, as much as they 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 got fucked up and they how lucky they got, honestly, with this record. And then you go back not even ten years. You know, Peter Green's all fucked up. Danny Kerwin is a, he's homeless. He's fucked up. Bob Bob Welch is down and out. Like all of the guys, you know, Jeremy Spencer is fucking all fucked up too. It's just. Joined a like religious what happened? cult like, and checked out of society. <laughs> he literally did that. He went. He left. He left right before a show to go buy a magazine, and then they couldn't find him for like three days and find out he joined a cult. He's done. Religious, a crazy religious Gone. cult. Yeah. It, it's it's fucking insane. Like the actual talent in the band were they got completely fucked by their own indiscretions and drug use and society and all that shit. But then you know, Lindsey Buckingham did all the same shit but they just absolutely blow up and it's just, I just, it makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. I mean, they're plants who care. I'll say it right now, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham are plants. They're not plants. They're record just, label plants. They're record they're label plants. plants. They're not, they're not plants. Fuck it's, it. Why not? Because I, I think it, it, it revolves around one thing. It revolves around Stevie Nicks was and is like a, a marketable face. And I love Christine McVie, like love her to death, but, She's no Stevie Nicks. She's just not. No. And Stevie Nicks was a marketable face. Buckingham was a marketable face. This is a band that went from... Dude, they've been on like the same fucking label since damn near the beginning. Yeah. Like like Reprise, the, yeah. that Warner label, they've been on the same fucking label. They were like one that of the like first records. Sinatra's. Wasn't that... I didn't know that, but that was like Frank Sinatra's record label, right? Yeah, Sinatra did Reprise label to, to give the artist more control over their music. That's yes. crazy. But like, like they were one of the first bands to be on reprise label, or reprise label, to where it switched over from like a two tone to like the general like Warner that we know like the 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 LP labels to be. Um, so mm-hmm. so it's just this band is just a marketable thing, and Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, judging from that album cover of their first and the only record they did together, it's just they're a very marketable couple. They're both young. They're both really good looking. They have soft skin and they're just, they're good at what they do. They're really, really good at what they do. It's, it's, it's marketing, dude. It's marketing. I don't think they're plants. I just think the record reprise, reprise really pushed for this band to get done. And I do agree, man. I probably, I did. I think the the producers outside of Fleetwood Mac, because it was quote unquote co-produced by the band. I th- but really, yeah. like, what the fuck do they do? I think the producers of this are, are sitting back, dude, smoking their cigars, counting their hundies, and just calling yeah. it a day. And but, and I feel like the band only got production credit because of Lindsey Buckingham because he's such a control freak. Yes, I feel like that's the only reason why they got that credit because he's probably sitting there drunk, high, and saying, "No, I did this. No, no," being an yeah. annoying like fucking a child slob. with his arm with his arms crossed. Yes, you know, just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. 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 Man, dude, anyway. I fucking hate this album more and more the more we talk about it. <laughs> I know. But I'm telling you, too. the more we talk about <laughs> it, the more you hate it, then you throw it on and you're like, oh shit, it's pretty good. I know. I know. <laughs> the 
that's like what know, other album stupid. is like that? What other album is like that? You hate it on pa- like on paper. This this should be like the biggest disaster of all fucking time. Yeah, but wow. then it ends up being some of the God, it's catchiest, so good, though. best it songs. It is ever. so fucking yeah. good. This is like the one yeah. of the greatest pop rock albums of all time. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, so what's your two B? Anyway, two B. What was your? What was your? Do we? Oh, dreams. Dreams. You won't be. Dreams. dreams won't be. Yeah. So my my one B was chain. We talked about Songbird. My two B. Um, one B. Oh yeah. Is so chain. let's get into the chain. We didn't talk about that yet. Yeah. Right. I don't. Why? So why? this is the only song. This is the only song where every member has a song, or most or Mick and John have a songwriting credit. Which That's makes sense because the last half of this part or the last half of the song and the first half of the song are two completely different songs. True. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're, they're just bridged together <laughs> by essentially a, a two second moment of silence, which I think, I, I think mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. I think it works. I think it's, I think it's the, the silence is flawless. I get it. I get it. I think the silence is flawless. I think it works in this one because everything's so slow and gradual. Um, obviously like my favorite part of this is the last part of the song. I think it's just, Dude, like Buckingham's guitar swell into that last part, that then he drops in. Dude, mm-hmm. that's that's nasty stuff. That's Peter Green nasty stuff. His guitar solo in this is the most like generic, basic <laughs> thing he's ever done. I know Again, it really is. That's <laughs> Peter so Green that. shit, dude. That's Peter Green shit though. That's effective. You don't need more notes. Less notes, more feeling. This is the best solo nope. that Buckingham probably has ever done. Because of that, <laughs> wait, that's a page out of Peter wait. Green's book. <laughs> what? Real quick, real quick. So I've been like on this Ingve Malmsteen thing for like the last couple of weeks, and I, he did an interview with uh, this guy Rick Beato. Uh, Beato, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but he, he has a popular YouTube channel, and he interviews a lot of musicians. and And Ingve did did this interview, and dude, the way he was talking about it, like he kind of obviously has that that pretentious attitude because he's so incredibly talented. So he has that that swagger, you know, and and he was talking about how like he was in the studio or something and and somebody told him, you know, you know, less notes. Less, less. All right. So that was your that was your one B, which is wild. Uh, what is your what was your two B? Is it is it really wild, though? Eh, kind of like, come on, a little bit disjointed of a song. This is the most psychedelic thing they've done since then play on. Eh, I suppose, yeah, yeah. It's not wild. Doesn't. Eh, it's not wild. I'm not saying like maybe it's objectively good. I'm just saying it's not. It's, it's, it's not wild. Wild, 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 like crazy kids. It's not wild. So, th- then what's your two B? Right in my two B, Songbird. Songbird was my two B. Oh, okay. So you're gonna hate me for this one, again. You're gonna hate me again. <laughs> oh uh, man, dude. <laughs> go, go your own go way. Is my number way. Two. <laughs> Go your own way. How do, do you, you really mean, not remember the fucking his music commercials? I don't remember. No, I don't remember that at all. Dude. Not at all. But it's a damn good song. This is a Buckingham lid song, obviously. Um, I don't know how you don't like this one. There's some really cool shit in here. I just, I have, I have. Is it negative. the organ? No. I, is it the organ? I'm actually wearing my organ sweater right now. It's not the organ. Oh, okay. I just, I, I have negative. I have negative uh, emotions from this, from that commercial. That's it. That's the <laughs> only reason why. Like that, that old, not old commercial, but that commercial um, that would play during the Angels games, like in 2010, 2009. Oh, you're yeah. the one. Because, yo, is that a real song? 
Yeah, that's a real song. That was a famous song, like in the what 70s. What song was that? I don't know. I don't remember who did it. But you know, it was song. a really famous song. Okay. I fucking hate that song. And I hate that song because of that commercial. I've, I always thought it was just that. It was made for fucking Bank no. One or what the fuck it was. Oh, yeah. It was like Bank of the West or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah that's what it was Something for. like that. <laughs> fucking dumb. Um, so, yeah. Go your own way. I mean, besides the chorus, which is truly iconic. I mean, it's so fucking catchy. It's having the best chorus um, in the fucking album. It's not the best chorus, but it's one of the best for sure. For sure. For sure, bro. Um, so so let, let's, talk, let's break down the verses a little bit. Um, one of the few times where I really like mixed drumming as, as a songwriter, not not his technical ability. I think he's pretty average. But songwriting wise in the verses, he does those big, big tom hits that drops into this like kind of like shuffle thing during the during the choruses. And then he goes back into the big tom hits and the verses. It's kind of Sabbath-esque but not nearly as good as what Bill Ward, Bill Ward would do. But the idea is there. And it works out really, really fucking well. The bass playing, some pretty damn squirrely stuff. Pretty squirrely stuff. And then you get the organ in the chorus that just kind of just adds, once again, Christine, she she kills it. Like I said, she kills it in, in the nuance department, in the little things, in the soundscapes. And that's what she did with this in the chorus with that organ. It's just... It's there to fill in the space, and it's perfect. And I'm a sucker for the organ. I love the organs. Um, I swear you're saying organ. Every single fucking time you say it, I swear you're saying organ. I'm not saying the state organ. I'm not saying organ. I'm pretty sure you are. I'm saying organ. Are you sure? I'm saying organ, not organ. Yeah, there's a difference. Organ, organ. Organ, organ. Uh, uh, I still (laughs) think you're saying the same thing right now. I don't don't know. I'm I'm definitely not saying the same thing. Maybe you've had a little too Michelob Ultras, but I don't don't know, dude. The bitchest beer in the in the fucking world, right there in the global. No, um, it's Bud Light, what? right? Uh, Make a little ultras are pretty bitch. Don't, people, pretty hate, don't bitch. people hate Bud Lights? Yeah, what do they call it, Jeff? I don't know. I buy them because they're fucking I cheap. Know, and they're no, they are cheap. Yeah, they're usually like a oh dollar or two cheaper. Well, they're even cheaper now because of the controversy. So I buy them on sale. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm looking for the well, end result. I'm looking for the end result, not the. Not where my money's going, because I'll go to the same spot anyway when I buy big beer. That's very true. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, with, with with the song Go Your Own Way, um, I really think, like, Buckingham, his guitar playing, it's just, uh, lead-wise, I think it's very boring. I do like his rhythm playing. I think it's just it that constant strumming. I think it it it, it really works for the song itself. So... That's where that's where it's strong. His 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 melody and the chorus is strong. But really, it comes down. I think the rhythm section is really solid too on this record. So, or on this uh, this song. I'm sorry. So yeah. Um, yeah. So so that's what it, that's what I got musically lyrically. It's a breakup song about being heartbroken, but also understanding that they need to go their own way. Uh, kind of hit the nail uh, right there. Uh, yeah. I know. Was the but worst. But I think this is the song that I was referring to earlier where this is the one that kind of like upset Stevie Nicks because he was like talking about her shacking up with other guys. Was it this song? Shacking up? What is the Should... fucking 50s, dude? What are you like? <laughs> what are you, a greaser or a Are you a jet? Are you, what's going on here? <laughs> That's literally a lyric, shacking up with guys or something like that. 
good. I don't. That's I can't good. remember if this if it's this song. I didn't write it down. It but yeah, matter. this was the, the, he kept a lot of his stuff separate from her. She didn't supposedly. I think a lot of this stuff too is just is just again romanticized to the point where, who knows what really happened during these recording sessions. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when you think about it too, you know, the, like we talked about, they were in their mid late twenties, and think about how I mean, we're thirty six. Look at how we romanticize our younger years, you know, our early twenties. I've always thought about shit. too. Like, there's like, a lot of stupid, fucked up shit that happened, like personally with all of us, but we still romanticize the fuck out of it. We we do. We really and, do. And we had a lot of fun, and it was great. And we we look back at it with just these nostalgia goggles. But like, imagine if we mm. had a f- like unlimited supply of money and fame, right? Like, like what? Like, I don't know. What kind of bad decisions would you make? When constantly confronted with these opportunities to make those bad decisions, yeah, like how often could you say no, 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 no until you say yes? And I kind of, oh, I think about point. that. I think about that more now, like with records, and I, just because I see a lot of records, I'm like, damn, dude, like how, how many times can I say no until I just say yes? I don't know, because I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. That's a weird. I get what you're saying. I, 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 it, I get what you're saying. But obviously, in this in this instance, it's a much more dramatic thing than you buying records. Um, you know, it's people's emotions and you know, well, fucking other people. I would know, just, I would, like I would, that. I would relate it to to contemporary musicians and things. I, like the biggest one is Jesse Lacey, right? Like that's like the yeah. biggest one that like blew up and then kind of like went away real quick because like people love Jesse Lacey. And it's just mm-hmm. like, dude, how long could you really say like, no, 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 until you say yes? And normal people, normal muggles, normal normies don't understand like that kind of, I don't know, that kind of pressure. Well, with with Jesse Lacey, it was a little bit different because he was talking to younger girls. Questionably, you know, were they 18? Were they but 17? he's an idiot. Like, but that's he's where... underage and mentally, like he's underdeveloped, right? So like, how do you put a price tag on like no, I, his mentality on that at that point because he's been doing this for x amount of years and he's a dummy so like absolutely, i don't know yeah. it's it's too eh, subjective it's 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 too weird of a game i don't know and I, but like again like empathizing go back to the to, to that word earlier that you couldn't do empathizing with people like could you say no over <laughs> and over so and over stupid. again until wow. you say yes so i don't know and that's what I think Fleetwood Mac is here. Just like, dude, these guys are a fucking mess. Uh, and yeah, yeah they're in their twenties. During this, era. they're grown ass adults. But musicians, actors, artists—they're not like they're not like you and me. They're they're emotionally underdeveloped. They're weirdos. They don't know what it's <laughs> like to true, be like yeah. a normal like politicians. The same fucking way. They don't know what it's like to be a normal fucking person. That's why they make stupid policies. Mm-hmm. That's they have no idea what it's like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're right. You're right. I can go hard on this tangent if you want. I'll keep going. I got no, no, no. I, 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 I get it. I, I could. <laughs> I mean, if you want to jump into that, yeah, go for you, it. So Ben Affleck did ben this Affleck. fucking interview where he's like, "Oh, like artists over here, we're not like conceited. We're not like looking for attention. We're just artists. We want you to feel what we feel." I was like, "Bro, that's the same fucking thing, dude. 
like you're wanting me to like think the way you think and feel the way you feel. That's like literally being a pretentious prick. Oh, with, oh yeah, when he was, when he was talking about being famous and everything, and I was yeah, he's like, like, I don't right. like being famous. Like, yeah. Bullshit, yes, you fucking do, dude. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> of course you like being famous, you asshole. That's fine. Just say you like being famous and also being an artist, but don't like mix the two together and pretend like you're an artist first and you want people to like digest your art because first of all, you're not a good actor. You're you're, you're a decent actor at best. He's fine. You're a decent actor at I, best. I think you're not carrying a movie. You're not carrying. I a feel movie. like he gets he gets too much shit. I don't he's, think he's that bad. He's not carrying. I think he a gets movie. way too much shit. I still think he gets way too much. Goodwill Hunting. That was great writing, acting. Eh. You know what? Uh 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 uh. Fucking Van Cone lady over here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Van Affleck, get the fuck. Don't out even of here. like Mad TV. Get out of here. That's true. Mad TV's um, garbage. Now, you're, now I know you're lying. I, I know you would never say that. You would never say that. Greatest sketch comedy show of all time. A very, yeah, very close second is Kids in the Hall in their heyday. No, SC, no, have you ever gone back and watched like the SC, SCTV stuff? Uh-uh. Dude, that shit, like, that's where John Candy started. That's where Eugene Levy started. Rick Moranis, that was where they all started, was SCTV in the early, early, late 70s, early 80s. And that shit is way funnier than Kids in the Hall. Not mad TV level, but it's fucking funny as shit. Okay, okay. It's very, very funny. All right. But speaking of John Candy, I watched two John Candy movies last night, and it was you watch? fucking great. Watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Sure. Fucking perfect movie right there. Uh, movie. Then I watched Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck, yeah. That's that's, that, that one, Uncle Buck, That one cuts you deep sometimes because he, he gets oh, like dude, a hard dose of reality, and that's a, that one cuts you yeah. deep. That one, that one I mean, they're both, they're both very different, but damn, they're fucking good movies. And John Candy, the two characters he plays are so different from one another. Uh, they're so different. Like he, uh, John Candy is so underrated. He's so, he was so underrated. Still is. God, he was such a good actor. Okay. Like, right. Dude, get out of here. Don't, don't ever say anything bad about John Candy. He, he just, he's the like the Stevie Nicks of like that character. Like he, no. he did great in that oh, one thing. I agree. I, no, that's fine. Here we go. Here what? Okay. The Home Alone series, same let, character. Let, let's stop while let let let's stop while you're not ahead. Okay. Let's, let's well, go from there. You can you can hold on. That's to more that of one a John Hughes. That's, that, that's more of a John Hughes thing, not really John Candy thing. But that's okay. Okay. Um, we'll move on. Anyway, go your own way. I'm good with this song. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your three B? Well, now I gotta scroll through here. Well, scrolling's hard, dude. Pod scrolling's hard, dude. Oh, never going back again. Oh, dude, yeah, this. That's my three B too. This is a good song. Yeah, this is good. You hate Lindsey Buckingham and guitar playing and his singing. No, but this is really good. It's just them. It's just well, it's not just them. It's just him, him and him and his guitar, him and his guitar. Very folksy. It's fucking good, man. It's it's so good. This is what I got. So like like I I've only known one like really good banjo player in my life. And then it was a neighbor of my Steve mom's. Martin. What? Oh, no, sorry. it was neighbor of my mom's. And when we were coming up in front of the pot, Joe and Ronald, we were forming our band. He bought a banjo and gave us his drum set. It was like, yeah, actually he gave me all his violent Femmes fucking records too, or CDs at the time. And so that's how I got into violent Femmes. But he's like, here, here's all my musical shit. I'm going to buy a banjo. I don't want none of this stuff anymore. And that's like really propelled us to be like a band. But he was such a phenomenal banjo player. And I remember constantly listening to him. And we would go over there. We, they, we were like 15, 14. 
And I remember him just doing that that sliding that like sliding thing on the neck, mm-hmm. like picking, 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 picking. And I was like, like that's so cool, man, because the right. slide on the guitar, like a lot of cool like like slide guitar. You hear it with like the bottleneck, that that bottleneck, that slide guitar thing. But the banjo players, they just fucking do it with their fingers, dude. And it's just all nasty and their calluses are gross. And this <laughs> this harkens back to that. This harkens back to that yeah. flattened scruggs era of banjo playing. That just great That's how he's playing the guitar, yeah. It's country all thing. That's this is a this is a banjo player playing the guitar. And that's why this song for me is so rad, is because that's what it sounds like. That's what it brings back for me. Love it. I, I I think it's great too. I think his guitar playing is is fucking crazy good on this one. It's fucking fast. It's clean. Like listen how clean it is. Like you can hear the plucking of every single note. There's no. There's no. There's no. What am I trying? There's no dead notes. Nothing. It's it's a flawless performance. But then also, you know, reading more about the recording of the song. I don't know if you kind of were. Th- have it in your notes, but the producer who I actually wrote his name down, Ken, Ken Kalit or however you pronounce the stupid The other name. producer. Um, yeah, the other producer. Um, he, uh, he had Buckingham's guitar tech restring his guitar, um, every 20 minutes just to, just to make sure they found the right take. And they spent a whole day doing that. So he probably yeah. restrung the guitar like 25, 30 times that day. So, and then come to find annoying. out, and then come to find out the next day when they were playing it back and, and Buckingham went to go sing it, he played the guitar in the wrong key. He played the, the, the parts in the wrong key. So in the end, they had to end up re-recording all of the guitar parts in the correct key. And then yep. everything from the day before was thrown out. It's Worthless. just like, and it's like, dude, it's because everybody was fucked up. Yeah. Everybody was fucked up. No the, communication you, you, whatsoever. You, you know the producers were just as fucking wasted and, and that's up what I'm saying. Like, work. right? You're a producer. Yeah. This is your, this is your livelihood. Like, like Rain hey, it fucking in, dude. Hey, dude, do you want to hit? Like, you want to bump? Like, no, no, no. How many times could you say no until you say yes? Right? Yeah, but like fucking like you see it like like Ross Robinson, perfect example of like he allowed the bands to kind of do what they did, party, you know, but he never, he never, you know did any of that shit himself. He was there to work. He was there to do his thing. Steve Albini is another example of that. It's like, it's just like they're, they're there to do a fucking job. They're not there to party with the band. You know, it's just, yeah, that's what they're getting guys, paid for. But you know, I guess guys in the seventies, it's just, exactly. Those guys have learned from others mistakes. Like this, yeah. we were still paving the way into, but do we even hit the fucking hair metal era? Right. We haven't hit like that's the, true. like the most aggressive, like cocaine fucking field music that has ever that has ever hit fucking mm-hmm. virgin ears. So we're still, yeah. we're still like paving a path here, paving a path, paving, paving a path. Paving a path? I feel like I'm saying path P-A-F. Paving with a path. Paving a path. We're still, we're still going into it. So like, yeah, Steve Albany and like these guys, I don't, I don't, I don't, Steve Albany and these other fucking guys, like they don't participate. Fucking hick town over here. But yeah, because they weren't there. <clears throat> like, they, they, they learn from others' mistakes, and that's that's fine, and that's great. But again, dude, I don't know. I don't know why I keep coming back to this. Like how often would you say no until you say yes thing? I know. You've said it like four or five times already. But it's so interesting, minutes. dude. It's just so fucking interesting to me. Like if anything, right? Yeah. Like if anything, like here's some heroin. Well, yeah, like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. How many times could like somebody do heroin in front of you and offer you and offer you and offer you until you say yes. You don't know. 
You don't fucking know. Well, it's know. like everybody, it's like everybody, it, the, the saying is everybody has a price. Exactly. For anything. No matter you what know? you it's think, like, we, like would you do for like, a dollar? No. We, remember for, we used, that's what we, <laughs> we do. used to play this game back in high school. We used to play that game with our friends. You, you remember that game we would used you, to play? Would you do X for a dollar? No way. Would you do X for a billion dollars? Yes, I would. Okay, so you're not opposed to doing it. It's just a matter of price at this point. Okay, yeah. yes, you're right. So like, yeah, everybody has a fucking price. It's just, I don't know. I think it's fascinating to me personally. A good introspective look at yourself. Like how many times could you say no to something until you say yes? I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun thing to do. It's a fun game. In your mind. It's a fun game. Yeah, it's a fun game. No one else has got to know. You know one else has got to know. Just do it yourself. How how often would I fucking say no to some guy offering me heroin until I say yes? Depends on the guy. It's a game game that that we still uh, question Sloan, Sloan about too. Yes. How much money? How much money would you take to do this or that? <laughs> For enough you know? money, I'd do just about fucking anything. Well, of course, of course, just about um, DGAF. So never going back again. Uh, I mean, really, this is a pretty straightforward song. I, I don't think there's a lot to really break down here, outside of just like the making of it, which we talked about. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else on this one? That's it. Except also that this is. Also, adult contemporary. That's what the song <laughs> that's, is. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and and lyrically, it's about finding someone new and the bliss you kind of feel with that with that new relationship and that person. So, that's yeah. what it is lyrically. It's, it's all just, kind of the same shit. He's just, he just being a broken emo kid. That's, yeah. what's, that's no, what's happening right. here. You're right. It's an emo album. Um, it's like, you know, what is it like? Proto proto emo or proto emo right there is pro, proto emo like proto punk is is before punk right yeah you would say like, that's what you would like is like mc5 and like the stooges mc5 and death and shit death stooges yeah proto so so proto's before proto so yeah this is proto emo proto proto the cure maybe lyrically yeah but proto, um yeah. which i still yeah, want to yeah. do we got to do that we got to do the cure on the pot i really really want to do the cure sometime soon um but anyway so that was my that was our three. What was your four? Dreams. Dreams. Okay, so we talked about that one. My four is uh, secondhand news. Ooh, the opener. The That's opener. a good one. The opener. It's That's a, a really good opener good right there. Yeah. Good. A good. So you know this is, this of the is, album. The quick chicka chickas before like the beat really starts and man, that beat is fucking nice. Nice. It's really really good. The strumming. I love the strumming. The strumming pattern. It kind of has this like chugging thing going along, but it's not, not like not like your typical chug. I can't explain it. Like I just I love the way Lindsay plays a guitar on the on this, uh, on the, uh, the the rhythm part of it, and also his guitar tones fucking killer. I mean, this is really a Lindsay led song with Nick's as like a support a supporting actor supporting role on this one. Um, great great harms between Lindsay and and the gals. You know your your Stevies and your your Christinas, um, and the chorus, man. I I hate it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> but it's so fucking catchy. So catchy. The, the bow bow, or I don't even know how we bow, 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 bow. I want to oh, be so dated. Exactly. But yeah, that's just so the Ramones like. came in and, and did this. Yes, well, same year, right? Um, the fucking Ramones first album was like seventy seven. Yeah, it was seventy seven. Yeah, you're right. You're I don't know. If, I don't right. know. If I want to be today. I think this came out though. before. I think this came out before the Ramones record, though. They, this is February, I think, of '77. Mm. But anyway, anyway, the the chorus is really, really fucking catchy. 
and really stupid too. So, so stupid. What else you got on this one? It's just it's it's a cute song. It's a fun song. I think it's it's a good again. It's a good thesis statement because it shows you like one. We're going to have strong melodies here because even though that chorus is is nonsensical, it's a, a scat chorus. It's still highly yeah. melodic. The beat here is super solid, so we know we're going to get just generic kind of rhythm section beats here. And then also we're gonna get like good layering because like Buckingham belts out these these kind of like folky style guitar things so well. But he also has mm-hmm. this like weird like squealy guitar lick towards the end of the song. Like the weird, oh, oh, and also the way he sings in that outro when he's singing secondhand news, just that 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 little bit of a progression when he sings a little bit higher, it's fucking good. It's really good. Love that part of the song too. God, he has such like a nice he has such a nice high pitched vocals. He does. He has he sing I I just he sings in such a high register. I never really I never realized until the last couple of weeks how high he actually sings. If you didn't if you didn't know there was like a guy in this group, you probably would just think that is either Stevie Nicks or Christine McVie. I know. Straight <laughs> I up. Really? Yeah. It's so I agree. High. And the fact and also the fact that his name is Lindsay. It's like Yeah. Come on. We only do. <laughs> come on. I know. Seriously. Um, and then lyrically on this one, it's just to me, it's about him being str- about being strung along and then dumped by the person. Secondhand news. Secondhand news. So that's my that's my four B. I mean, we've talked about just about everything. Well, there's one song we gotta talk about. That's, that's don't we gotta stop. talk about. Don't stop. Come on. Can't stop from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Can't stop. Do the shin dig. If we just end it off on anything, <laughs> we have to talk about Don't Stop, and then we're good. But okay, on. that's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm totally good with with ending this with Don't Stop. Come on, I think we kind of beat this whole thing. Uh, so what do you got on this one? It's my six B. This, this is also my six B. Look at that. There you go. I I there you go. So like like two big takeaways for the for me on this one. Like objectively, this is a catchy song. Like there's oh, no yeah. fucking way you are not listening to the song. And then within the first like like couple stanzas, you're not tapping your feet. You're not like oh I, I'm getting into this. And then two, I hate. That I love this song so much. And this is like this is really when like the rumors like like aesthetic sets in, right? Because the first three songs, yeah. it's a little bit quirky and like never going back again. That that you kind of got to be like maybe a musician almost to appreciate that song fully. But don't stop is a dumb fucking pop song through and through. Stop thinking about tomorrow. <laughs> it's the, it's Dude. the way they end that line to the thinking about tomorrow. It's, it's like, like Disney. It's like, like a Disney it's fucking like, movie. It's like, it's like the sub bitch thing, you know, just the 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 says. And like the just like, it's, like it's the way the song rushed. drops into the verses, it's just it's so smooth yeah. and just gets right into that bounciness and excitement. And yes, it exactly. Does, it has that bouncy, like circusy feel, like beat to it. Not not feel, but just the beat has that dun, dun. It's just very doom. God. It's just the it's it's the tempo, it's, it's the rhythm. Everything is just it hits that 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 catchiness. It's silly. It's weird. It's a dumb fucking song. It's yeah. silly. It's it's goofy. It's corny in every way possible. And it's just, it's perfect. And like what makes it even better, and what makes this whole record like even better too, is that like this, this Don't Stop song, which could have been like a five minute song for any other band that wants to stretch out that melody. It's like three minutes long. Yeah. That's short. a 50s I mean, pop song, dude. Short. That's a 50s pop song. Yeah. Right? I mean, Bloody a 50s Holly, pop song would be like, Two minute, two and a half minutes, but well, like two yeah. two forty five was like like the like the general Chuck Berry Buddy Holly yeah, era average, yeah. pop song. This is like this is three three eleven. 
hit him up. Yeah, okay, so up. that that's like, yeah, that's about, Dude, yeah, that about, that about that's nails nothing. it. nothing. With this aggressive of a it's melody. great band, too. Yeah. yeah it's, it's okay, man. Do we never done 311 either? We got to do 311. They're not that Some great, of the early records are, no, their first few records are fucking solid. Man. No, they're not. They're good. Nah, well. I, I do, I, I that, do. Dude. I do like a lot of a lot of that genre blending and a lot of that stuff, but 311. Eh. I mean, I'm gonna put them on the list on our to do uh, list. They, they, did you buy um, the repress that just came out of their first record? What? What? what got, no, I didn't. I didn't even know they repressed it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I just didn't know. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a huge 311 fan, but I mean, I they're they're a solid band. You probably like Down and and Amber, right? <laughs> I mean. They're good songs, but they're they're not their best. So like 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 down. Like been here a while. Been here a while. Down. Here down, a while. down. Oh, that so good. Dude, that was like three, four records deep. Amber was like five, six records deep. I they I'm telling you, they have some good fucking records. They're okay. The band's not okay. as good as you think they are. There's, there's well, stuff. anyway, they're 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 now on our to do list, so uh, we're gonna do them eventually on the pod. Whatever. Don't, don't, don't stop. Ingbe, don't stop. So. Where I'm down to Ingbe. Tomorrow. But the big thing with Don't Stop is the fucking Bill Clinton Believe thing. It. Man, come on. I know. Like, are you Isn't kidding me? The first Isn't time that, that you like gross? reconvene on stage was to like support a political candidate? Are you kidding me? As a musician, you should hate... the band are British. Oh. Yeah. That yeah, it was fucking, fucking gross. gross. That's like disgusting. That's like some Obama shit right there. You know, it's like... That that's pathetic. the kind of shit like musicians were doing when, when Barack Obama got elected. It's just like... Fucking Dude, pathetic. you guys are a bunch of fucking cucks, man. These are politicians. Don't worship these people. You shouldn't even be worshiping like musicians or movie stars. The politicians should be wor- should be worshiping musicians, not the other way around. They're like the lowest of the low, and Ugh. any sort of worship of any politician is disgusting. And the fact that like Ugh. this was like the first time that this, this, this like classic era, like reconvene on stage, like really that's that's your go to. Yeah. Like that's what you want to be known in the history books for is the first time you got together on stage was at a fucking Bill Clinton rally. Oh, I know. I know, isn't that crazy? You know it's wild too, you know, he's he, fuck he's a fucking democrat. He was the governor of Arkansas. It's like yeah. oh, fuck that state too. <laughs> Who gives a shit about that a, state? A democratic a democratic politician being the governor of Arkansas and then getting elected as president because he played the saxophone on fucking whatever the guys show was and he said that he smoked weed once smoked weed once just once but he didn't inhale it's like come on dude like Damn. just being just come on this is clearly just pandering man dude you put like bill clinton on the, on any rap record because he's a master wordsmith like, dude, that's, he, that's, dude that's i will say bill, bill clinton <laughs> bill clinton is one of the greatest you know speakers of all ever ever like he was he an incredible fucking speaker. I lo- I love I, I he could talk about anything and I would listen to him. I I think he's just inc- he's just an incredible public speaker. One of the greatest ever. Because he's a Ronald sly Reagan too. fuck, man. That's what it is. He's a sly fuck. Yeah. Oh, 100%. The, 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 the most damn, iconic dude, fucking smooth. infamous thing that any president I think has ever fucking said and when he says it depends on what your definition of is is. <laughs> I said, "Wow, this is where we're at, dude." That is fucking. That, this yeah, is where we're at. A fucking wordsmith over here, like it's surgeon with the tongue. But you know, you know, like if one of his videos comes up, like on Instagram or fucking TikTok or whatever you your social media thing is, you know, you're gonna watch it. You're gonna oh, watch the whole thing. I watch it. No matter three, what four, the fuck five, five, fucking fifteen times, yeah. of course. Oh, dude, have you ever seen that video? This is a Mad TV skit, and Will Sasso used to do a Bill Clinton impersonation. 
(laughs) Was like the town meeting one? Yeah, and he he keeps like burping. Yeah. He keeps having those like, not not like a full burp, but like those deep burps, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the hiccup burps. And he keeps having those. Dude, that skit is so fucking funny. It's the one with the... fucking nails it. What's the girl... uh, Nicole Sullivan, she's the one that that's his like a uh, uh, fucking speaker or whatever, asking the questions oh, for everybody. Oh, okay, I think you're right. Yeah, oh, dude, that was so good. That was so funny. I think Phil Lamar's in that one too. I don't. I don't remember. I just remember Will Sasso. Fuck, I want to watch doing that TV again. And the burping, dude. You know they took all the episodes off of HBO Max. Yeah, I can't watch it anywhere. What am I gonna do? I know it sucks. I watched like the first five seasons again. You know, after loving it for so long. And yeah, and then all of a sudden they're gone. And they were so fucking funny. Nah, yeah. even Will Sass was brought up. He's like, he has. He said he has no idea why they took it off of HBO. No idea. He he said they didn't even know that they put it on there. Like it wasn't <laughs> until fans started reaching out, saying like, oh my god, these the skit was so funny. You know, we watched on HBO. So like the cast didn't know it came on. They didn't even know when it was taken off. So they got no money from that. No money from that. And that's a little a little aggressive for that time. Some yeah, of the was, stuff was a little aggressive. It was, but funny, damn funny. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not talking yeah. about this. I'm, I'm I'm good. Definitely. I have all my all my I'm main too, talking yeah. points. I'm good. I can uh, I can do my record wrap up. Yeah, let's do it. Let's at. wrap it up. Give our uh, a rating of the record based off of our world famous three point rating system. Where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album. But give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So, what do you give this one? The more we talk about this, the more I don't want to love this album because these people are just childish and fucking immature and irritating and just so dumb, dude. And before this, this classic era of Fleetwood Mac, the one record before this, that's like, meh, that's okay. Everything else after this, like at best, it was eh, okay, at best. Yeah, I, I mean that's. I think you're being too <laughs> yes. nice. You're being at, too nice. At fucking best, it was like, eh, that's okay. So it's just like, dude, they got away with one, man. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they pulled it off with this lineup, with this amount of drugs. I I don't I don't oh I don't fucking know. I don't get it. I think maybe maybe you're right. Maybe there's something like, like like sur- surreptitiously going on in the background that we don't know about because there's no fucking way that the record before this sucks and everything else after this sucks. But this record is goddamn good. Doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. It no other band's done this. No, no other no. band's done this. No, I agree. So maybe I, this is like a reaction to, to like to the punk movement because punk was starting to come up. Maybe this is like one last hurrah by the record labels, by the executives. Like let's, let's do this plant. I don't know. I, who knows? I don't I don't know anything anymore. I don't know, Jerry. So so yeah. I I I think this is a really, 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 really good record, but just out of a spite for and out of respect for Peter Green, I will never give this a three. I just won't. Because I think Peter Green yeah. deserves more than that. I think Bob Welch fucking deserves more than that. And I think that, that for Fleetwood Mac to go down in the history books as rumors being their best. I think it's gross, and I think it, it it grossly misrepresents what this band is about, what this band started as. I think a better, again, a better name for this should have been like Buckingham Knicks featuring Fleetwood Mac. Like that's that's essentially where we're at now. So I I, I would give this a two point five because I do think this is like, God, this is hmm. so good, and I love my record. I love my I love my new Japanese pressing of this. 
I love <laughs> every song on here. Strip. I think it's. I think this record is so goddamn great. But again, dude, like, come on, this is adult contemporary. <laughs> yeah, that's what it yeah, is. You're right. It's you're just right. good adult contemporary. The best adult maybe, contemporary. Maybe this. Let's yeah, just say you're that. right. Maybe it's the best adult contemporary. <laughs> but it's still fucking adult I mean, contemporary. You, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't say a better record. I mean, maybe some of the Eagles stuff, but nah, otherwise, no. Shit, this dude. is. The Eagles do have some good songs though. They, they have, really do. The Eagles have one banger. That's it. Which is Hotel California. I mean, I don't even think that's like their biggest banger, dude. The Joe Walsh era, like Joe Walsh, is another fucking guitarist that is just like he's yeah, just a great not, guitar player. He's not talked about enough in the circles. Like my god, that guy was fucking phenomenal. But the Eagles, yeah. the fuck out of here, dude. They had some good shit, man. Man, fuck the Eagles. Fuck, like straight up, <laughs> fuck the. I would love to do the Eagles on the podcast because fuck the Eagles. That band sucks. But I would only want to do. I would only want to do like the greatest hits. Oh well, yeah, we would do the greatest hits for sure. And I would shit all over it. I'd have, I would have zero bangers. Even though Telling you just you right said you, you love Hotel California, but that's fine. That's not the Eagles' greatest hits. Yes, it is. No. Why uh, wouldn't that be on the Eagles' great? That's like their most famous song. Are you kidding me? Are you yoking me? That was that's still their most famous song. Hotel California. Yeah. No, actually, so like the greatest hits Eagles came out before Hotel California. So Hotel California is not on that greatest hits. That's why I don't have you, it. Is it really? I'm, I'm, I swear, yes, I'm telling you. Like, really? This, 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 oh, this no, no, this not means me being facetious. This is like, I'm telling you, yes. Hotel California is I, not on the Eagles Greatest Hits. I did hits. not know that. I did not know that. This is, uh, the I'm, Joe Walsh okay. era Eagles is a whole different ball game. Wow, okay, I had no idea. I learned something new every day. Yeah, fuck the Eagles. Straight up, <laughs> fuck the Eagles. Dude, that's, that's bullshit <laughs> dad rock, trying to be country, trying to be folk. Man, that band sucks. Don Henley, fuck him. The only reason, oh, dude, oh, I, I, go, I go, I go for days about even just how they annihilated speaking Jackson of Don Brown's Henley, career. And oh, good lord. Speaking of Don Hen- Henley, Stevie Nicks uh, dated Don Henley and then had a child or aborted a child. Yeah, because Stevie Nicks has long been like like an advocate for. I'm not going like like John Cena. Like I'm not going to have kids because I like what I do and I don't want to bring a kid into this. Because it'll affect their life and my life. Therefore, I don't want to do it. I like that. I, like, I do too. I, that's like fuck it. Your I think, life, I think man. That's really like, mature. Live it. Yeah. Hell yeah, I feel like that's very mature too. I I absolutely respect that. But John Cena is very um, much the same way. I didn't know that about John Cena. I had no idea. Love John also, Cena, not, dude. I mean, I I can't see him most of the time, but um, nobody can. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, jokes. Damn it! What was I gonna say? You were gonna give this oh, I was album gonna say, probably a two point so three five because so be so one thing one thing we we didn't I mean we talked about like the extramarital affairs and all that kind of shit but talk about a band the biggest homie hopper band I think of all time homie hopper like yes yes the homie hop like dude heard I, that it's one just like while. every every band member homie hopped like almost like right except maybe John I think John did yeah. homie hop. But like, dude, everybody homie hopped in this one. I, it's stupid. It's fucking dumb. But they all did. <laughs> homie hoppers. Um, <laughs> it's such a disrespectful so it thing is. to say. Too. It is. <laughs> it's such a derogatory thing to like oh, call somebody. Man. Yeah, and we know we all, and everybody knows we all did that when we were younger. Called calling people homie hoppers. Homie hoppers. Um, 
anyway, um, yeah, my, my final thoughts, I think, yeah, this is the weakest era of the band, not their greatest record, um, but still iconic. I mean, obviously the songs we talked about are just, they're on another level. Like they're just, they're so goddamn popular. Everybody knows them. Um, and they're just, it's a solid record, but yeah, this record shouldn't be, it's, it's just, it's suspicious that this record was so good. It makes no, no sense whatsoever. Um, like we were just talking about. So, um, I don't know. I, I think Buckingham is overrated. I think Stevie Nicks is overrated. I think they're all overrated. Um, and in the end, this album is overrated as well. Great record, but still overrated. Um, with uh, that, you know, we, we've been going for like an hour and a half now. So, um, with that being said, I'm going to give this a 2.5 as well. It's not a perfect record. The Christine songs, pretty weak. I know you don't agree, why do you gotta throw, but they're pretty the weak. Last fucking second, you throw that in like at the last fucking <laughs> second, right before they got a good, we had a good route. The last thing you throw it in and you know, but it's true. Mad. It's true. Okay. It's totally true. She's definitely the weakest the weakest part of this band. There's a lot of weak parts of the band. She's not the weakest part of there this band. There are a lot of, no, you're right. You know, you're right. There are a lot of weak parts. <laughs> but, um, but damn, dude. Yeah, rumors, 2.5 out of 3. I could go on for days about the other the other eras of the band, especially Peter Green, which, you know, honestly, we're probably going to do. I would say probably within like the next year or so, we're, we'll probably do a Peter Green record because it's too goddamn good. Um, better than rumors. That's for sure, dude. Well, um, so yeah, that's all I got. Uh, thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple podcast, give us five stars and, um, that's it. That's all. Bye-bye.